0: Okay, Rockstar Nation, boy, I have a great guest today. Listen, you guys know Michael Mayer. He's been on the show three or four times now, a best-selling author of 7L and very well-renowned real estate coach. And, you know, he gave me a list a hit list, so to speak, of agents that I absolutely had together on the show because they were doing very unique things and they were doing things very fast that astound people that hear about what they're doing. And Amanda Todd was one of those people and basically in two and a half years in the business, she has created an $80 million business and is just absolutely knocking the socks off of agents all around her community and just doing an incredible amount of business that's dumbfounding. So in any event, I wanted to get Amanda on and lo and behold, here she is. So I'm excited. And Amanda, welcome
1: to Real Estate Rockstars. Thank you. I feel quite honored to be here.
0: Why don't you give our audience a little bit of info on you, Amanda, so we can get to know you better?
1: Okay, Um, I'm a single mom of three. I've been an agent for about two and a half years. I do Ironman triathlons and I now have an amazing team that I have the opportunity of mentoring and coaching.
0: Wow, well, I know a couple Ironmaners or Ironwomaners, and you know, I know that that's like a full time job training for one of them suckers in and of itself. So I'm excited (laughs) to find out how you train for that raise 3 kids and sell the amount of homes that you do but first before we get sidetracked too much what uh, give me an idea of your business like how many houses did you sell last year
1: We sold 134 homes in 2016
0: Holy dirt and and then that was your essentially your second year kind of like your third year second to third year in the business 134 homes what was uh, Amanda? What was your ECI, your ego commission income on that?
1: <laughs> I like that. We were at about, I think we we're at about one point one million for GCI.
0: <laughs> and then what? Uh, what was your uh, profit margin? Like
1: that is as ego um, profitability, we were at about. I think we we're at about at seven fifty.
0: Okay, so you profited. Seven fifty or you spent seven fifty? We profited seven fifty. That's that's dynamite. So you you know that's like thirty percent expenses. And so I guess the where we're gonna to have to start with this interview, and it wasn't that long ago. It was only two years ago. So people are like looking back and they're like, damn, two years ago was like yesterday and this girl she started from nowhere. So two and a half years ago, before you
1: got into the business, what were you doing? Did you have a job? I had a very full time job. I was a stay at home mom of three little people. And I'd only lived here for about a year and a half. So I was very what? new. Where'd you I come didn't from? Know I moved to Northern California from Louisiana. In oh. a prior life, I was an Air Force wife.
0: Okay. So you move here, right? With three kids mm-hmm. by
1: yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, I was married at the time when You're I moved here. You were married at the time. Okay. We parted ways a year and a half after moving here. Okay. And then you're like, "Hey, and and how old are your kids?" Um, my youngest is almost 8. So okay. at the time, she had just turned 5. She wasn't even in kindergarten yet.
0: Okay. 5 and up. How'd you go from, you know, not working, not knowing anybody to getting a job as a real estate agent? What made you decide to do that? Did you think you're just going to do it like haphazardly or did you jump into this saying, In two years, I'm going to make $750,000 that I get to keep.
1: (laughs) So a little background on me. I really believe in positive mindset. And I come from a very success-oriented family. And so it was just in my blood to say success is my only option. I wouldn't even consider failure. And so I had bought and sold homes around the country. And I saw how much money real estate agents made. And I saw that there could be flexibility in the job because for whatever reason, after having been a stay-at-home mom, I literally became physiologically ill at the thought of putting my kids in daycare. I wanted to be there to raise my babies. And so at the time I had five seven and nine year old kids. And okay, we're we're gonna do this and we're gonna make it a family effort. And so I had from my original broker. And he told me to choose a farm. And he said, generally a geographic farm. And he said, most people go, I'm going to cover the whole county. He said, no, that's way too broad. So I chose my neighborhood that I lived in. This is where I lived. This is the people I went to church with, the people that my kids went to school with. And I started farming that neighborhood. And that's where my first listing came from. So, what's your definition of farming?
0: What's your definition of farming at that point? You you have no listings.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I started doing community events and a neighborhood newsletter, and holding as um, many open houses as I possibly could in the neighborhood, and going to as many open houses as I possibly could. I take my kids in with me because I was given advice to be very familiar with what was on the market in the area I was farming, so to know the inventory to know the floor plans, to know what things were selling for. So that way, when I was having conversations with the moms of the other kids at school, you know, it's really easy to bring up real estate and not in a salesy or pushy way because I was determined I would never be that person. And no offense to anybody who does like a direct sales, you know, kind of multi-level marketing thing. Those make me crazy because it's like all those people talk about. But I learned ways to bring up that I was a real estate agent by asking questions to people. And then I was able to incorporate it into a conversation in a very casual, comfortable way. And so I got my first listing from someone that um, their son was in my son's class at school.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. So, and, And you just told him, hey, I'm a real estate agent now. And they're like, great, we're going to sell. And then then how many houses did you sell your first year? I know you you said you started in May of 2015, 14. So 14. how many houses did you sell that year starting in May? I
1: believe I did 23 transactions from May to December.
0: Jeez. Oh, and then how many houses did you sell the next full year?
1: Uh, I'm really bad numbers-wise. I want to say I did about 52 transactions the next year. And this is,
0: right, all by yourself, right? At that time, you didn't have a team.
1: So I hired an assistant um, in March. So when when I'd been in the business for almost a full year, I hired an assistant because I realized there were things that needed to be done that I wasn't getting to, but that I knew I wanted to reinvest in my business. And I knew that there were parts of my business that I was really good at, and I knew that there were parts that, yeah, I could do, but they weren't as efficient of a use of my time. Okay. So I hired an admin. So, so let's talk about
0: that first year as a solo agent, you know, o- over 50 houses in 12 months, no assistant, nobody. You know, what people listening want to know is what exactly. You did, and don't give us cliches. Give us like the practices, the step by step that you use, the the software that you used. What give give us exact meat and potatoes here?
1: Absolutely, I'm happy to. So, one of the very first things that I did very early on was I read the morning the book Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod, and I really learned to take charge of my day. I learned that I needed to be up early and that I needed to have myself totally squared away as far as a workout, journaling, affirmations, totally showered, hair and makeup done before my kids even woke up. And it's hard. I will not lie. When you are a tired mom, it is so hard to get up that early and to do it. But your day is set so much when you can. And I... Treated my business like a job. I walked out the door with my kids every morning to school and I went straight to my office from there. I did not come back home. I made sure that I was ready for the day just like they were and I showed up. And to me, that is so rare in people who run a real estate business, especially as a solo agent, to be in the office every single morning by a certain time and treating it like they're an employee, for lack of a better term. What'd you do when and, you got there, though? So then that's when I would start prospecting. I'd go start going through my leads that I had, leads from open houses. I would work on transactions that I currently have. I would check in with sellers. I'd check in with buyers. I would check, you know, all my emails for the MLS prospecting to see what new properties that come on the market Because it's so, like, one little thing that I learned that was given to me as a piece of advice that was great was, you know, we set buyers up on portal searches, you know, so they get the auto emails on what's new on the market. It is so impressive to a buyer when you are regularly sending them properties saying, hey, what did you think about this one? Hey, You
0: you mean mean that are not like your standard auto-generated emails that everybody sends? You're saying like a personalized email from Amanda.
1: Exactly. And they're the same auto-generated emails that they're getting. I'm getting them. I set them so that I would receive them myself. But it's so impressive to a client to know that you didn't just set and forget them. That you were st- that they are still on your mind very regularly. Yeah, so you were essentially going in there and saying, "Look,
0: everybody else is thinking that set and forget works," when we all know it. You know, it, it doesn't anymore, right? There might have been a time when set and forget was brilliant and it was great for the consumer and the agent, but now you know, shit, they get set and forget by about 10 agents before they buy a house. So your emails are much more personal. Like what, what kind of words do you use, you know, when you send them uh, something, right? Are you sending them a, like a link to a specific listing and saying, do you want to look at this? Give me Give me some exact things that you're doing that's generating, you know, all this business
1: out of the blue. I would say to them, I noticed this property came on the market. Do you want to go see it tomorrow afternoon at four? Just that. Just direct, like that. that just simple? like that.
0: You're just direct. Yeah. Like you're gonna buy, or you're, yeah. Either you're a real buyer, or you're not. Okay. And then, and then, what about uh, prospecting for listings? Like, what are you doing? Like, how are you getting these listings?
1: Hmm. Well, here's an interesting thing. So. One, again, one of my biggest pet peeves are salesmen. And people say to me, I could never be in sales. And I go, yeah, me either. I can't stand pushy people. I can't stand it. And so in my opinion, people can sense authenticity from a mile away. And I got my first luxury listing because of being authentic and showing that I was a hard worker. And it turned out that this listing that I ended up getting was because of an open house I was holding for another agent. And there were some buyers, this, this property was already listed down the street. And there were some buyers that wanted to see it. So I made an appointment um, with the seller to go show this listing for him. And he said, if I, he asked if I wanted to arrive early. Well, unbeknownst to me, this seller had come by my open house that I'd met these buyers at and I just kind of played it off like I didn't remember who he was and just chatted with him and he familiarized me with the property, 10.2 acre estate and um, had a private lake on it and everything. So then um, I showed it to those buyers. They didn't end up liking it, but I landed them as clients and I ended up showing them something else and selling them something else. Um, but going back to this client, there were some other buyers that were interested in that property that I had gotten, and I just was follow-up, 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 trying to get a hold of the seller and could never get a hold of him to the point where I saved his number in my phone because I was like relentlessly trying to get these people in. And his property was listed at 1.3 million. Wait a minute. And, and, he, and- was,
0: he was listed with another agent, Right.
1: Correct. But the agent had contact the agent or contact the seller for showings. Huh. And so that's the only reason I was contacting him. So about six weeks later, I get a phone call. I remember, I was shopping in Costco with my kids. And, the, and I see this guy, you know, pop up on my phone. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah, you're kind of late. These people gave up on you. So So I answered the phone and he said, I'm not sure if you remember me. He said, oh yes, I definitely remember you. And he said, I canceled my listing agreement with my agent and I wanted to know if you would come sell my house for me. I was like, what? And he said, I have been so impressed with your follow-up. He said, I was so impressed with you when I met you. He said, and I already knew who he was because I'd researched him. He was a custom home builder. He's built over 200 custom homes in this area. And he said, I have worked with... So many real estate agents and you made it a point to be so professional but to still follow up in a non badgering way, but a still very tactful and aggressive way. And you said, I want someone with that tenacity to sell my house and it has just snowballed from there. I now have um, the listing that's the second to most expensive listing in our entire market and we're probably going to close in about three weeks with a cash buyer on it. How much? It- Eight million, and okay, so once, you
0: you you've got an eight million dollar listing under contract.
1: Uh, it's not under contract yet. We actually had a tragedy. I'm going to be representing both sides of it. The um, there was a tragedy in the family of the buyer, and but I mean, Ari talked to attorneys. Like everything's ready to go. So as soon as he's in a more settled position, then we will be moving forward with everything. So okay. his contract. So, but you have a listing, right? Right. And everything. Yes. Okay. Okay. And again, it was a personal referral because I worked my tail off and I made it a point to be authentic and very personable with everyone that I met and to not push the sale, to care more about the people than the transaction. Okay. So
0: Amanda, I need you to give some examples of that. Like how okay. someone listening saying, hey, you know, oh, oh, be authentic, care more about the person. You know, those are cliches. Tell tell me, give me some scripts that some people listening could actually memorize if they're, let's just say they're born an introvert and they're not good at building rapport. Give them some advice.
1: So learn about your clients and their families. Learn about their kids and their interests. And always, I mean, here's an example that to me, again, this is just how it always should be. I don't think it always is. I was getting ready to write an offer the other day for some of my sellers for their follow on purchase and noticed that there had previously, this property was a flip property, but it was a very high end flip. It was listed for about 650,000. And I noticed that there had previously been a swimming pool that had been filled in and I, and I knew that these people loved this house and wanted it above all else, but I called them and I said, you guys, we have to stop. We can't write this offer because I knew that these clients wanted to put a swimming pool in this backyard. There was no way of knowing by looking at this house that there had ever been a swimming pool there, but it just happened to be that I was pulling up old Google earth photos and saw that there had been a swimming pool there at one time. And I said, you guys, you don't want to buy this house because unless we know what we're getting into, we need to go have a pool company go out there. We need to have it inspected to see because it might cost you twice the price of putting in a normal pool when they're just digging a hole from the beginning because they're going to have to demo this old pool and pull all the pieces out. And that's going to cost a lot of money. And they were so incredibly thankful that I put a stop to this you know, high dollar transaction because of what was in their best interest. Mm. That's so something that could
0: not You had the time to do the research, or you chose to do the research of that. So, so that's great. And, and I love your advice you know, about what to ask and how to ask, uh, how, how to build rapport. Uh, spend, spend time. Don't be so much in haste when yes. you're dealing with, with people. So, how do you
1: prospect? So my prospecting now, I don't work with buyers very much anymore. I just work with sellers for the most part. My prospecting now is going through the huge database that we have. We generate, we do a lot of Facebook marketing. And so going through and talking with the people that have expressed interest in selling their home, whether okay, through- Okay, when you say Facebook
0: marketing, do you mean Facebook advertising, like paid ads?
1: We do both. So we we market all of our current listings through boosted ads, and we have a really big local following now. So we get a lot of organic reach on our listings, and then by running actual seller lead ads, you know, are you curious what your home is worth? Contact us today, and people are interested in that. And so then, and does, that, I just, does that say your name on
0: it, or is it just a, a blanket? I like There's a blank. couple
1: different ones. We run a few different ones. Some have our um, names. Some just say interested in what your home's worth, you know, and just are very generic. Um, we've tried both. I think we might even have both running all the time. Um, but so, we, how, how much
0: business is coming from Facebook uh, paid ads right now?
1: A lot. A, a lot. lot because a lot. Really. We, we generate and i and i'm not good at tracking i mean do you have have
0: like a group or something a neighborhood group and people are just on that neighborhood group posting stuff about the neighborhood or you know i I do have
1: those yes i created so if so here's my my tips for if somebody wants to start farming
0: yes yeah thank you
1: choose a neighborhood and absolutely make yourself the neighborhood expert in that neighborhood. So learn about what different floor plans are built in that neighborhood. Learn how how long people are living in that neighborhood. What's the turnover rate? Do people live for an average of five years there? Then go from there and find out what homes are selling for. And then start getting your name out and not in a pushy, Again, type salesman way, but I do community events in my neighborhood. I host four community events a year. Okay, so I what, do,
0: what are they? What First of all, what's I your do, definition of a community event? Like, how do you do it? How do you set it up? And What are they?
1: Exactly. So I do four a year. I do an Easter egg hunt, a movie in the park, a trunk or treat at Halloween, and cookies and milk with Santa.
0: Okay, let, let's go through each one of those. So first of all, you do an Easter egg hunt, with uh-huh. which you, you just – Go and bury a bunch of eggs in the park area and invite everybody.
1: That's what I did the first year when I did it all by myself. I did about 500 eggs, and then I made flyers and put them around the neighborhood and invited people. And oh gosh, 500 eggs was not even remotely enough. I had no clue. <laughs> Kids I had no clue each what I was doing. It was we're, we're little like, like
0: little plastic eggs with a Hershey kiss yeah, in the middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Yep. Exactly. Just I. I put non-chocolate candy in there because I didn't want them to melt because it's usually getting pretty warm here that time of year. Mm. Um, but, yeah, and so then the next year I did 1,000 eggs. Mm-hmm. That wasn't enough because by then I had a lender that I was working with, and I asked the lender to split the costs and split the marketing with me. And so then I um, – last year was my third year, and I did 10,000 eggs, oh, and it still was crazy. <laughs> By last year, we had over 500 families come to our Easter egg hunt. Okay. So
0: 10,000 eggs, right? Uh-huh. So that's like 20 eggs a kid, which mm-hmm. is cool. And how, like, how do you advertise it?
1: So I marketed on Facebook with targeted ads. And then a couple of ways that I found are very, very, very successful is we make door hangers. And we have them delivered to people's front doors in the neighborhood about two days before the event. And then we also, because the Easter egghead actually at the neighborhood elementary school, we've gotten permission from the school superintendent. And he knows me now because I do so many events. I do all my events at the elementary school. We send the flyers home with the kids two days prior to the event as well.
0: Then it almost seems like a school event. Uh-huh. And are you there? Do you dress event. up in a bunny suit? Oh
1: heck no. <laughs> but I'm running around <laughs> meeting everybody and introducing myself to Is that everyone. Right? Okay. And then
0: okay, and then tell me about the next one. The 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 movie in the park. What's that about? The movie in
1: the park? Park, we rent one of the big inflatable movie screens and then we just do a family movie and we provide popcorn and treats and people come and we have bounce houses for while it's light because you can't start the movie until it's dark and people just come and hang out and mingle and it's a big party. then when it's to start the movie. At Rebus
0: University, we take the pain points out of selling real estate lost a listing to another agent never again the certified listing agent course goes through step by step how eight of the world's top agents close 90 some percent of every listing appointment they go on industry icons like buddy blake and marty hampton have encouraged their entire team to take this course and after they took it themselves We gave them discounts for all their team members and we'll give you that same exact discount if you go to rebusuniversity.com. Had a listing expire and another agent take it over and then drop the price drastically and it sold right away? Yeah, me too. That's why I created the certified price reduction course. We've had several agents take that and get immediate price reductions. All of the reviews that we've gotten on rebusuniversity.com, by the way, have all been five stars. Our other flagship product, the Certified Team Agent with Jeff Cohn out of Omaha, Nebraska, has been selling off the shelves. Everybody wants to know what happens when you peel back the curtain of the Omaha's elite real estate teams inside business. Jeff and I sit down and talk about the nitty-gritty of where every dollar that he makes comes from and where every dollar that he spends goes out. It's an incredible, candid, 10-hour course on how to build the mega team of the future. Use coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first course now. rebusuniversity.com Wow. Okay. And then what's the third one?
1: The third one's called a trunk or treat. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with that at Halloween, people come and park their cars in a parking lot and they decorate their trunks Mm -hmm. and then kids walk around trick or treating from trunk to trunk. So it's a very safe environment. You don't have to worry about kids running out in the street or anything like that. The parking lot's all closed off because we say cars have to be in by a certain time. And then we cut off the trick or treating. So people aren't trying to leave and there's kids out trick or treating still around cars And that's a really fun one too. And we usually have a face painter and we'll have bounce houses and just make it kind of like a fall carnival. You
0: organize that whole thing. You, you say, here's the rules, you know, cars in by this time, you can't leave until this time you have to decorate the car, blah, 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 blah. You create the whole rules, regulations, where, how. And then you're just the person uh, who's running around shaking everybody's hand as the organizer. Wow. Yeah, I like that. Okay, what's the fourth one?
1: Cookies and milk with Santa. So we have, I have a friend who's a fabulous Santa. He dresses up. The kids get to come and sit on Santa's lap, tell Santa what they want. There's a photographer that has volunteered her time. It's great marketing for her. The kids get a free picture with Santa. And so she takes a picture and then at the end we just send out a Dropbox link like, you know, a week later with all the pictures of all the kids with Santa and um, they can write a letter to Santa. We obviously have cookies and milk there and we do a Toys for Tots drive and so they bring a toy to donate and adding that charity element into it is really fun because I am just always blown away every year at how generous our neighbors are because our bins will just be overflowing that we get to donate to Toys for Tots.
0: Wow. And, and you know, here's the running theme through all this is kids. Uh-huh. So you're going for the family. You're going for the heart, right? They're connecting Amanda Todd to love and to to family and to, you know, fun. And, you know, just here's the thing. A lot of people like that come from out of the country think it's bizarre that there's a, a, a playground in a lot of McDonald's, but it's a brilliant concept because it's like you're connecting McDonald's to happiness and to fun. And it's the same thing. You're connecting Amanda Todd to happiness and to fun. All these things are are like stuff to look forward to.
1: Yeah, and now we have people that, you know, I'm seeing the same faces at every single event because they love it. They of want to course. be a part of it. And, and now then when they list... I- Exactly. And then they call me. And so now I'm getting business owners in my neighborhood who have brought their kids to the events who are saying, hey, how can we take part in this? This is such a great event. We want to make sure that you continue having them. Can we help contribute? And so I have very strict rules now with who um, my co-sponsors are and that there's nothing to be sold at the events. I want the events free and fun for families um, I want it to be just a zero-pressure environment. And so basically, they get to contribute to the event and put their name on the marketing material, and that's about it.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so what's next for Amanda Todd?
1: Well, I'm going to be expanding into other states because I have some opportunities with some great people that I would love to partner with and work with in other states. And so that's, you know, expansion is on my horizon.
0: That's on. And you built a team just recently, right? I mean, all this for the first year and a half, you were doing all this as a solo agent, right? And then you started adding, uh, started building a team because I imagine your head was about to pop off, right? I mean, doing all this.
1: It was. And I've had a lot of people ask me, when is the right time to start a team? And I think it's a different answer for every person. I think that's a really personal choice. But what I will say is, when my level of customer service that I wanted to have for my clients started dropping, that's when I felt like it was time to bring people on. And as you know, looking at a disc profile, I'm a 90/90. So in my mind, it's results, it's quick, it's efficiency. And I thought nobody's going to be able to do this, you know, at the same level I can. And one of the best things for me about building a team is that I have learned that there are so many people out there that are so much better at me, better than me at so many of these things. And so I have the most amazing team that are incredibly hardworking and it's been absolutely a joy to me to help them build their businesses as well and to provide opportunities for them that they might not have had because now I have a great marketing budget. Now I have all these leads coming in that as a brand new agent starting out, you don't have that.
0: Yeah. So are all your leads coming, all your buyer leads coming from your listings?
1: No. No. We, we purchase online leads so as you well. start
0: you you decided to buy online leads. Mm-hmm. Yep. okay. And who are you buying them from?
1: And um, we get a lot from realtor. com. We get them from Zillow and then from our paid um, ads on Facebook.
0: Okay. And what would you say your buyer business is compared to your listing business now?
1: Right now, because I have so many buyers' agents, I would say we're probably at about seventy five percent buyers, twenty five percent listed.
0: So wait a minute, so what's your team look like now?
1: So I have nine agents and three full time admin staff. So and <laughs> so you, you you hired nine agents in a year. Yeah, I hired nine agents in about six months. Where? <laughs> How'd you get nine agents? They all came to me. I've never yeah. done oh. any research.
0: You know, I mean, people are listening to this and like, Hey, you know, everything she touches turns to gold. And I know that that's not the case. You know, we all go through ups and downs. I mean, tell me, tell me where you failed and maybe a lesson that we can learn from that failure in such a fast growth period.
1: I was not careful enough about who I hired. I have removed five people from my team okay. because I made the mistake. I thought I was interviewing well, but I made the mistake of taking almost anyone who wanted to join my team. I mean, it's it's been pretty visible. My growth has been pretty visible locally, and so that's why I've had so many, many people who have just come to me, um, and and. I make it a really big point to play nicely with other agents in my area. I think that's really, really, really important to build good relationships with the other agents that we work around. And so because of that, just in the good relationships that I've built with people, I have been able to really create some great relationships and and now some of them have turned into business opportunities of agents that are working with me on my team.
0: Yeah, that's great. I mean, you succeed fast, but you fail fast too, and then you bounce back fast. Yes. I mean, you have to, right? You've only been in yes. business two and a half years, and you've already yes. not only have you fired five people or not worked out with five people. You know, you hired five more. You know, in the same yeah. the same period of time. So, okay. So, our flagship question is going to be very important. Uh, For you, Amanda, I know you're going to have a great answer to this because because you've actually done it and you've done it in today's market and coming from New Orleans, moving to Sacramento, knowing no one. And and that ties into this question. So if I took you and put you on a reality TV show (laughs) and on this TV show, I take 10 agents, 10 brand new or 10 real estate agents. I give them a thousand bucks each. I give them a laptop, computer, and a phone, and I put them into a city where they know no one, right? You don't know anybody. The other nine agents don't know anybody. And at the end of each week, we look, see who sold the most amount of houses. The person who sold the least amount of houses gets kicked off the reality show. At the end of 10 weeks, we say, look, this person has sold the most houses. They win a million bucks. You you get the concept of the show? (laughs) So I give you a thousand bucks. I give you a laptop computer. I give you a phone. You know, no one. How is Amanda Todd going to win this show?
1: I am going to go and meet as many people as I can that I believe are good candidates for purchasing a home. I'm going to hold open houses. I'm going to start lead generating through the internet because everyone is on the internet and everyone starts their home search on the internet before they even commit to working with an agent. And when leads come in, I'm going to immediately respond to them and I'm going to continue following up with those leads on a regular basis because something like 47% of online leads never get responded to and yet 80% of the sales happen after the 8th to 12th contact. So it's going to be having that tenacity to just keep going Until somebody basically tells you to stop contacting them and not in a harassing way in a way that's offering value in a way that you can say here's more information on a property that's similar that just popped on the market that I thought you might be interested in or did I drop the ball is there something that I can do better to help you in your home search and again you know going to open houses and meeting as many people as you possibly can and just being authentic. Tell me a little bit about what you're looking for before you ever ask for a single piece of information from them. Offer something of value to them. Oh, you like this property, but it's a little bit too big. Okay. There's a similar floor plan that's around the corner that I know is just listed that it's about 500 square feet less. Would you be interested in me sending you information about that property? then that's how you get their information. It's truly just being tactful and having good relationships and just asking questions and learning as much as you can about every single person that you encounter and really truly coming with that authenticity of caring about helping people and not just pushing for the sale.
0: Wow. And I think you'd win. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks. Uh, that, this, this has been great, Amanda. Thanks so much for taking time out of your busy day, for taking time off your triathlon training, for taking time away from your children and your family. I really appreciate that. The Rockstar Nation appreciates you. I am going to put all of Amanda's information on hybindigital.com backslash Amanda Todd. obviously has two Ds on our last name. If you want to reach out to her and tell her how much you enjoyed the show or give her a referral for someone moving to Sacramento, California, it will all be there. Amanda, thanks so much for everything you do. And uh, if I'm ever in Sacramento, California area, we'll get together and break some bread.
1: I would love it. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to real estate Rockstars. Please be sure to leave us a five star review wherever you're listening. All five-star reviews help us get better and better guests for your listening pleasure. And if you have a great review, I'll read it on the show. We're so proud of this show now with over a million downloads in 79 countries around the world. Also, don't forget to buy my book if you haven't already. Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate agent's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny with an intro by Gary Keller. Sold everywhere online books are sold. You can always go to pathyben.com and find out about all things Pat Hybin. And don't forget to follow me on social media. All you got to do is type in my name. I'm everywhere and easy to find. I hope to meet face to face someday, but in the meantime. Let's meet on social media. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.